As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dave, you know why I love using Zencaster? Is it because the recording quality is better than other methods of recording a podcast virtually? Nope. Is it because they offer a free version for hobbyists just getting started? No, not that. Is it because it's super easy to use for everyone and none of our guests have ever had an issue using it? That's not it. Is it because they offer automatic post-production and transcription services? Negative. Stop burying the lead. Why do you love Zencaster? It's because Zencaster is all of the things you just said, Dave. Well, and they sponsor this pod. That's right. Adventures in Collecting is powered by Zencaster. How about your pod? Get started now with Zencaster and use our code to start podcasting today. Visit Zencaster.com slash pricing and use promo code AICPOD to get 30% off your first three months of their professional plan or try it for free. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use promo code AICPOD. collecting is about toys, but it might not be for your children, especially if you don't like words like fuck or sh or asshole. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Dave, we are back, and, uh, and, you know, I think think I'm just going to jump right into it. Um, I don't have a lead to bury. No burying the lead today. So from from uh, from stand up comedy to toy and movie documentaries and seemingly everything in between uh, to now making toys and publishing books, the Nacelle Company is growing rapidly across a multitude of entertainment avenues. Joining us once again on the show to bring us up to speed is Nacelle Company founder and CEO, friend of the pod, Brian Volkweiss. Welcome back to Adventures in Collecting, Brian. Thank you for having me. Always fun. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been two years since we've had you on, and um, not a whole lot has happened in the last two years. It's been a very boring 
uneventful two years for, yeah. for everybody all over the yeah. world. Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> well, before we get into the, the multitude of news and, uh, and all of the fun things that Nacelle has going on, um, since this is a show about collecting, uh, you know, and, and, and you, you have a, a few action figures, toys and collectibles of your own, you know, just, you know, just a few. Um, what are some of the things that uh, you've recently picked up for the collection? Ooh, wow. That's a good and t- well, it's interesting. So I've done a lot of traveling this year. Most I've ever traveled in a year. So about two weeks ago, I was in Brazil and I went, we were shooting at a bar and next to the bar was a, it would be an exaggeration to call it. It was kind of like a stationary store that had a toy section and I have a like tiny collection of bootleg toys. And I would say my bootleg toy collection uh, doubled. Uh, thank, I mean, I got, I'm looking at them right now. I mean, I got bootleg Lego Iron Man. I got this guy, this thing called uh, Fatal War, which I guess is like a big, uh, a big thing in Brazil. It's like literally like, a SWAT team kind of dude, and it's 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 called Fatal War. It says Fatal War across his chest. So that was Brazil. Then um, I was in Toronto this past weekend, and I went to Treehouse Toys, which is a part of our passport program. They're a passport member of our of our thing, and um, I got and I've wanted this forever. I hadn't even seen it yet. Um, with my own eyes, just to get a Jedi quote in there. Um, they had the Megatron hiss tank. Okay. So I got that. Like I said, I hadn't even seen one yet. And then yesterday, uh, for the first time in, I think, six or seven weeks, uh, we have a mall near our office that is one of the only malls, if not the only mall in the U.S., where in the same mall... There is a Walmart and a Target, let alone a Best Buy, let alone a um, GameStop. So I got what I get. I got I got a new Star Destroyer, which has a lot of like fire damage on it. I got an Ahsoka Tano lightsaber and I got. Oh, and I finally got a good price. Every now and then I see a black series where I'm like. That's not $30. Like, I'll pay 30 bucks for Shea Guerrera. I'll pay 30, 40 bucks for the, those black stormtroopers that Jedi Luke killed in Mandalorian. But they had those security guards from Mandalorian season one yeah. that, like, Bill Burr shoots mm-hmm. up and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't paying $30 for that. But Best Buy had them for 19 bucks. So Perfect. I snagged. That go. was my Monday. So a lot of things, just lots just, of stuff, just a lot of things. And I'm trying to buy less too. That's the sad thing. I think, I think we all are. I think we're all getting yeah. to that point where it's like, you know, we've, we've talked about it a bunch on the show, but like guardrails, gotta, gotta have guard guardrails. <laughs> By the way, let me tell you why guardrails don't exist. So I'm having coffee <laughs> with my wife this morning and I set a budget for myself for every month to try and buy less. And I'll be honest with you. It's not even about the money. It's about like, I don't have room. Yeah. 
So, and we just moved. So I'm building like a whole new toy room and all that. But literally coffee this morning, about 6.30 a.m., I say to my wife, baby, I only spent half my budget in October. That's about 6.30 a.m. Before 8 a.m., I got a text from a buddy of mine in Cincinnati sending me pictures saying, hey, here's about 25 grand worth of first shot Star Wars figures. You can have it for only 10 grand. So that's why I don't really think there's guardrails when you have friends like that. <laughs> Enablers. Yes. Enablers. Yeah. Yes. So a lot has gone on since you were on last in those two years. Um, one of the projects that you've worked on is Icons on Unearthed on uh, Vice TV. Uh, yes. Tell us about the series. So we have started, it started last year when we put out this show called The Center Seat, 55 Years of Star Trek. And this was a new initiative the company had started. It technically started before that on another show we do called Down to Earth with Zac Efron, which is for Netflix. Um, season two, this coming Friday, I've been told to get better with plugs. Um, so... Um, we have been shifting towards a, you know, we make a lot of stand-up specials that we finance ourselves and then we license them to network, but we retain the ownership. So starting with that Star Trek show we did last year with the History Channel, we started using that model for the stand-up specials with our documentaries. So it worked very well. So we came up with this new idea which was to do the deepest dive ever for the biggest IPs in the world. So we started with Star Wars. Uh, it did really well. So they picked up season two, which was The Simpsons. Simpsons is doing even better than Star Wars, which breaks my heart, but it is true. Uh, and they already picked up season three, which we're in production on right now, uh, which is about Fast and Furious. And I mean, that trailer you showed at New York Comic Con, it's amazing how quickly you were able to film all that footage for that trailer. It's just like, it was, it was almost like magic. Well, we start producing, like, they basically give us a heads up, things are looking good or things are looking bad. And they told us things were looking good after the second episode. So it's the beautiful thing about being able to move quickly for us, I guess, is we just... We just went to work and luckily they actually greenlit it. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Fast and the Furious and we'll, we'll get to the Simpsons in a moment since that's the, the one that's, that's kind of on right now. But uh, how did you go from, so like Star Wars makes per a great starting point. Simpsons, touchstone of, of, you know, American culture, longest running television show, Fast and the Furious. How did you, how did you go from those two to Fast and the Furious, what was kind of the, the draw there? Well, I mean, the reason the title is what it is, is we're trying to unearth icons. We're trying to find stuff that the audience looks at every day and doesn't question. So that's the, that's the whole premise of the series. With Star Wars, the challenge was there's been 80 billion documentaries about Star Wars how do we add value? Uh, hashtag Marsha Lucas. But anyway, um, so then Simpsons, as you said, 
that made a lot of sense. If you don't think about, if you don't, you don't even have to think about it. As you said, it's been on for almost 40 years. Makes sense. Fast and Furious. It's as iconic as almost anything we're doing. Maybe not by years, but here's the interesting thing. There have only been nine movies that have been released. Those nine movies have made more than James Bond has made. And I, I, they made like 30. There's a lot of them. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's what people don't understand about that franchise in particular is this is a massive culture changing show, you know, series of films. Like, why hasn't anybody talked about it? So we had, it was one of the most fun I have ever had producing anything because everybody was so eager to talk to us. And I, I, I kid you not, minimum eight out of every 10 people we interviewed basically said, thank God somebody's doing this. Because <laughs> it didn't make sense to anybody that nobody had ever done a documentary about it. And I mean, it- nobody. It's like one of the most unheralded, like yes. most popular series ever. Like everyone's seen it, everyone's been in it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's continues to go on, you know, where the 10th one's coming soon. So, yeah. And, and by the way, it, I mean, and, to sp- and a spinoff movie and a cartoon. There's a ride at Universal, $150 million ride, but like, it's brilliant. Like I'm, I'm like, I've become like, I, I have like a, a small, but growing uh, fast and furious area in my collection. Now, like I'm completely hooked. And I know we're supposed to be talking about the Simpsons because tomorrow night's the season finale, but like, it's brilliant. Like they do everything for, there is a scene, I think in fast nine, it might've been fast eight, but where there's like a billion washing machines that go flying out of a washing machine store and go flying into the street because of course there's a truck with a giant magnet on it, right? They did that for real. Like they literally attached wires to dozens and dozens and dozens of washing machines and just literally dragged them into the street and smashed them into the fucking truck. So like, and then of course they erased the wires but when you're watching it at home, you're assuming it's all CGI and like barely anything is CGI. The movies are all improvised. Like there's another scene where a car jumps up and crashes into a semi. No, sorry. Crashes into a moving train. I believe this was Fast Five. Uh, they were shooting the train in New Mexico They were shooting the interior fight in the train in Atlanta. So they shoot the stunt in New Mexico. The car was supposed to jump over the train. It was a complete fuck up that it went into the train. But this is what makes that franchise special. The people in New Mexico call the people in Atlanta and they're like, I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news, but <laughs> the car went into the train. So if you're still filming, we can ship you the car and maybe have it smash into the set. And then that could be cool. And literally nobody questioned this. Nobody was like, what? 
<laughs> just redo this stunt. You fucked up. They rolled with it. And now I challenge you to watch that scene again. It looks like it was meant to be. The entire thing was improvised. The entire thing. And that's the microcosm for that series. It's not just the dialogue. So much is improvised as they go. Sorry, I get so wound up talking about it now. And I wouldn't go so far as to say I was dreading doing it. But like I wasn't jumping up and down looking forward to it the way I was Star Wars or whatever. And like, I'm like obsessed, obsessed with those movies now, like a lunatic. And by the way, this happened to me with He-Man on Toys That Made Us. I was not a He-Man fan, had no desire to, like, I was like, oh, the crew had to like threaten a mutiny for us to do He-Man. And then I became the biggest He-Man fan on the fucking team. So (laughs) I, I like literally have lost my mind about these fucking movies. Like I am obsessed with them sorry you got well, me going so let's let's they're, let's they're bo- easy to love i'll say that let's bottle up that energy and let's move it back to the simpsons for a moment here because like you mentioned the season finale is uh is is imminent um what's the most interesting thing you discovered about the the uh the simpsons you know doing doing icons unearthed so it is i'm honestly answering your question because this is the most interesting thing to me but This story, I cannot tell you how common this story is with success. And I don't just mean success in movies and TV shows. I mean almost any success. So um, James L. Brooks, he makes four movies for Fox Studios. Three of them uh, get Oscar nominations. Two of them win Oscars. All four are massively, massively, massively profitable. So Fox Studios is renegotiating, not renegotiating, they're negotiating with him to get his next four movies. Simultaneously with this, he was making the Tracy Ullman show. And while making the Tracy Ullman show, he fell in love with The Simpsons and Matt Groening and all this other stuff. And they keep, everybody is trying to get Fox television to greenlight The Simpsons. And Barry Diller, everybody is like, no, this is horrible. Like, this is, what are you talking about? First of all, it's only 40 seconds. It looks like crap. It's not that funny. Nobody's writing us letters about it. And James L. Brooks, on the verge of the deal, blowing up with Fox, he was about to go, I think, to Warner's says to his lawyer, wait a minute, maybe to get the deal done, why don't you propose this? 13 episodes of The Simpsons, and then I'll do four more movies for Fox. And his lawyer says, what's The Simpsons? <laughs> and uh, Grading goes, or sorry, Brooks goes, don't worry about it. Just see what they say. And they had, this is not an exaggeration. They were literally arguing over an approximate $50 million deal point. That's what was preventing the deal from closing. So when Rupert Murdoch heard by greenlighting the Simpsons for approximately nine to $12 million, he could get James L. Brooks's next four movies. He of course said, yes, it was a bargain. And by the way, I do not, I don't know for sure, but I do not believe I know for a fact none of the next four films got Oscar nominations, let alone one. I do believe most, if not all, uh, may have lost a little money. 
So, but Fox got one of the most lucrative intellectual properties in human history because of that. And I cannot tell you, as you know, starting with Toys That Made Us, we have been making shows like this for over half a decade. The amount of times stuff gets greenlit because there was a scheduling issue or nobody was paying attention and that becomes the big thing. The best example I've ever seen of this, go to YouTube and watch the Mac world where Steve Jobs introduces the iPod. It's 90 minutes long and he spends about 58 seconds talking about the iPod. The majority of the Mac world was talking about an Apple printer that wouldn't even go into production, talking about a uh, an Apple camera that didn't last more than one year, and the thing that would save the company and make it what it is today, uh, less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And that's you why that clip know. is so prolific, because it's it's like just this kind of like nugget in time that it, that yeah. ended up changing everything. Yeah, didn't work. I mean, it literally didn't even work when he was holding it. So, yeah, that's The Simpsons. And now, a word from our sponsors. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement, searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Hop into a new career with CGC, the world leader in pop culture collectibles grading. CGC is seeking world-class Funko Pop experts to lead a new division dedicated to authenticating and grading collectible toys. This is an incredible opportunity to help build a new grading service in a hot collectibles category. Think you can play the part? Apply today at cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. That's cgcgrading.com forward slash careers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As collectors, we've all faced tough builds. Whether it's a challenging toy transformation, a complicated model kit or playset, we have always had an instruction manual to help us get to the finish line. Unfortunately, mental health has no instruction manual. That's why finding the right therapist to guide you and teach you how to healthily get a handle of your mental health is so important. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match up with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com AIC. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash A-I-C. And now, back to the show. So, you mentioned, um, we mentioned earlier, now a fifth season coming of a toy store near you. Yes. Um, it's, it's spotlighted independent toy stores for now, four and into five seasons. Um, what's next for the series? 
Um, we have two more seasons coming for sure. So there'll be at least seven seasons. Um, you know, it's, we do the best we can and we hope people watch and we hope we get greenlit. And luckily, uh, based on the performance of season four, and you have to understand, we're always making two at a time. So um, season four and five were in production. Season four did really well. So they picked up season five and season six. Awesome. And we are trying, this year was bonkers. This is the craziest year of my life. Um, so that's why we only had one season this year. But if everything goes according to plan, next year we'll be back to two seasons. So are you guys looking for more uh, toy stores at this point, like to participate still? Or do you kind of have your, your list at this point? Yeah. 90% of the truth is we have the stores. Okay. 10% is every now and then we find something that we make an exception for and we bring them in. It could be... We didn't like, we just found a great store in China. It's very important to me that the show be international. So we just, we, we just, and it's very hard to get international shows on board for a variety of reasons. So we just got this store from China to agree to do it. And um, they will be in, I believe, season seven. So from, from TV programs, to uh, to toys themselves, you know, you, you guys have made shows about toys, and now you're you're making toys. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what you have coming up with uh, with Roboforce, Sectors, and and of course the Legends of Laughter line. So uh, tomorrow's a really uh, a very very big day for the company and for me personally. Um, the uh, to use some new jargon, I learned um, the toys hit the water tomorrow. Uh, they're leaving China um, at about 10.30 in the morning, China time. So, uh, which is, uh, by the way, I, I literally now talk to China almost every day, which is insane. But yeah, that's um, that's in about six hours. Wow. Um, they'll be leaving China. It's about an 18-day sale to the U.S. And uh, God willing, uh, people who ordered them and the stores that order them, uh, all of them should have what we what they ordered uh, before December fifteenth. Wow! Congratulations, man. Yeah, they're not here awesome. yet, but thank you. And it's uh, it's crazy, man. Like it, it is crazy that a company like ours that had never done anything like this was able to do it. I, I mean, it, it reasonably quickly. I mean, it's been less than a year since we bought the copyright. So that's that. Uh, LOL, Legends of Laughter, which is uh, Bill Hicks, Joan Rivers, and Lenny Bruce. Um, that's right behind it. And then right behind that is Sectors Wave 1, which uh, I never understand where this came from, but it's uh, sell like hotcakes. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but... Um, it sold so quickly, we green, we not only greenlit wave two, at least six months earlier than we had planned, maybe 10 months earlier. Um, we are moving up to instead of two figures per wave, it's going to be at least three. Awesome. Yeah, so it's very cool. Could, I mean, people love sectors. They really do. Yeah, it's it's one it's one of the big ones. Um, and then we have our first Garlu right behind that. That's right, Gar yes. Garlu as well. Yeah, 
So those are all in production right now, simultaneously. And if things go according to plan, all of those will hit the water on the same boat in the same container in April. So, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, that the next iteration of sector, so wave three would include three wave figures two. or wave two. two would include three figures. Um, is there a wave two a wave two coming for legends of laughter yet? Do you guys have some more talent lined up? Not yet. I, that's the only one we've greenlit so far where I got to wait and see. I think a lot of people in my position would actually have canceled it. Um, but my hope is once they come and people see them, they'll get it and they'll sell better. Everything else we've announced where the pre-sales have started, I mean, are profitable and then some. Uh, Legends of Laughter, not moving as quickly, but, and we're starting to do deals now actually with comedy clubs. Um, we're talking to some comedy festivals and closing up a deal. So I, listen, I've, I have not had an easy career to put it mildly. So my hope is we can just shine enough light on them that it ends up doing well, at least a double, and then we can make more. But as of now, that's, uh, again, to use another expression, I don't know what it means or where it comes from, which is probably dangerous to do in 2022. Uh, if we had a redheaded stepchild, it would be uh, LOL right now. But I do believe we could will it into a success, I, I hope. I feel like most of the most of the uh, the talent featured in that would would be willing to take on that redheaded stepchild nomaker, uh, you know, willingly. I, I feel yes. like that's that's right in their wheelhouse. So yeah. Yes. All right. So for this next section, Brian, we have a couple of questions from our followers. Um, anytime we have a guest on, we post on Instagram. You know that that we will have a guest, and we always give people the opportunity to ask questions uh, for the show. So. You know, if you are listening to this for the first time, welcome. But uh, also make sure you're following us on Instagram at AIC underscore podcast. So that way uh, you do give yourself the opportunity to uh, to ask people like Brian questions when they come on. So, uh, Dave, would you like to uh, to ask Brian the first question in our Q&A segment? I would. Um, so at Way of the Sith asked, how big of a deal was it for you to get Marsha Lucas for Icons Unearthed? I would argue in all the shows we've ever made about pop culture and nostalgia, it was within reason the most important person we've ever booked. Um, I woke up one morning and I was supposed to fly to New York at 3 p.m. And I woke up, I looked at my phone and I had an email that said, Marsha has agreed to do the interview. Uh, she is available tomorrow and for the next nine days. And she was in Hawaii. Uh, I canceled my entire trip to New York, which was 20 to 30 meetings, all canceled and um, flew to Hawaii like that. Uh, it was on a two o'clock flight to Hawaii. 12 hours after I landed, I was in her living room. Uh, six, six plus hour interview. Amazing. A uh, friend of the pod at Toy Farce asks, if licenses and trademarks were not an issue, what's the one toy line you'd bring back if you could? Oh, my God. Wow. That's a great question. And I cannot believe I am being asked that 
Well, I am not, I told you I just moved. So my collection, oh my God, that's a great question. I have never been asked that before. By the way, what a genius having the caveat of money is not an issue. Um, I, you know what I'd bring back? I would bring back, yes, oh my God. This is the kind of question where if I didn't think of the real answer, I'd be mad at myself later, but I got it. I got it. Cops. Cops and crooks, I, great line. I don't know why, but I had that, a feeling. I love that show. It's not just the theme song. Everybody's always like, I love that show. Best theme song ever. And I'm like, yeah, it had a great theme song. It was also a great show. And the toys were amazing, like amazing. So it would absolutely be cops. Oh my God, I'm so glad I thought of that. That would have <laughs> driven me insane. I would have tried to rebook myself for next week. Like, hey guys, <laughs> I, whatever you want to talk about, I'll talk about. But can I just address something I said last week? All right, and one more, Dave. Do you want to do the last one? This was a, popu a very popular question. Absolutely. Um, Wait, so a bunch for, of for me or for everybody? Like everybody always asks this. So this question, when we posted the the story, we got asked this question. I forget whether it was it was like ten or twelve times. Uh, oh, okay. So it's double digits. I got you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So. Are there any updates on the Silverhawks series relaunch? Uh, no, sadly, there are no, uh, there are no updates. Very sadly. Okay. So, so holding pattern, the Silverhawks are in a holding pattern. We can say uh, that, is, uh, that is an accurate statement. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So Brian, I know that was a quick round of Q and a, but, uh, but you survived the Q and a, did it. Which, I did it. Which takes you to our, our final question. Now, right. you know, you were on the show two years ago and we did not have a show format at that time. So you did not have the opportunity to experience our show's proper final question, which we have now, Dave has now honed this skill. He is, he's <laughs> been, he's worked on this for, for three years ish. No, less than that. Because I just yeah, said you were on two years ago. Yeah, we haven't done it since day yeah. one. <laughs> it's it's it, we we really started developing this shortly after you were on the show. So, Dave, would you yes. like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. So, the final question that we ask all of our guests: What is the strangest and/or favorite piece in your collection? It can be one of each, or it can be both. Wait, I'm sorry, strangest or weirdest? Or favorite. Oh. So it could, I mean, be, it could be two things. It could be one thing that, that checks both boxes, however you choose to answer it. Can I, can I do both? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my favorite, and this is pure emotion, it has nothing to do with the pieces. Uh, it's a tie. Uh, it's my original R2-D2 that I played with when I was like five. And it's my uh, Ertl... Star Trek, the motion picture enterprise that I hand painted the impulse drive, the running lights. So those though, and by the way, here's the beauty of living in California these days. Um, I've had to evacuate my house twice for fires. So um, the first time we weren't ready for it. 
So I literally had less than 25 minutes to grab whatever I could grab after my kids were in the car and wife. Um, so that's what I grabbed. And if the value of my collection is a hundred bucks, the value of those two pieces is point oh 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 a million o's one cent. So th th that showed me what I care about. And then the weirdest thing I have, and by the way, if I can pat myself on the shoulder for a second, on the back for a second, I am answering this question with my entire collection boxed up. Boxed up. So that shows you how weird this thing is that I immediately can tell you. There used to be this amazing vintage store in Manhattan that has been gone. It was gone before. No, I think COVID. I think COVID was the final straw. It is a completely realistic sized little creamer container. Like, you know, when you go to Waffle House, they got yeah. a little thing holding the creamers. But it's not a real one, but it looks real, but it's beautiful, like molded plastic. It, the top has been slightly pulled back. And again, it's, it's real size, about that big. There is a highly detailed SWAT team dude with a rifle literally sticking out of where the cream top has been pulled back, aiming at someone like he's going to assassinate them. <laughs> that is the strangest thing I have. <laughs> So you have a tiny little swap man and a creamer. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I Perfect. literally have been asking people like people that make me look like, I don't even know what the word toy means. I've sent them pictures of it. No one knows what the fuck it is. <laughs> really it sounds like something I'd see in Fortnite, but yeah. It, yeah. But I got this conservatively eight or nine years ago. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. a good... By the way, I mean, when my whole room was all set up back then, it was, you know, it was about 3,500 pieces. Eight out of 10 people walking in there, surrounded by all these colors and objects with zero win on it. They're like, what is that? <laughs> it's like, oh, Enterprise Creamer? Yeah. Creamer? Yeah. I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could show it to you right now. It's nuts. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll give you a few, a few weeks to get settled and unpacked and I'll, I'll send you a DM and ask for a picture of it. Please do. By the way, it'll take more than a couple of weeks. Like I said, it's now close to 4,000 toys. Uh, and we literally <laughs> just got the shelves yesterday in. So okay. give me, give me a month. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, listen, uh, before we let you go, uh, you know, just please remind our listeners uh, where can they keep up with uh, what's going on uh, with with this, the Nacelle company? And of course, where can they they watch the uh, the new content? Um, so um, I, you know, I'm on Instagram under my name, Brian Volkweiss. Uh, the Nacelle company is on everything, Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever. Um Icons on Earth is on Vice, 10 o'clock on Wednesdays. Uh, tomorrow is our season finale for The Simpsons. Uh, a Toy Store Near You is on Amazon. Uh, that comes out, I think we've announced the date. Have we? Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving Day. So when you got the cranberries going through your system, you can learn about five more toy stores. 
Um, and I believe, I believe that's all I can talk about. We got, we, uh, we got some pretty crazy stuff coming in 2023, uh, but I can't talk about it just yet, unfortunately. But we, uh, we've been real busy. Yeah, we, we didn't even get into the, the, uh, the, the Loesch, uh series that you have coming out, because that is going to be wild. Talk about, talk about some, an unheralded genius yes. of pop culture. That's, that's going to be an exciting one, too. Just watched another cut of that this weekend. Can't wait to see that one. Well, Brian, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure having you, and you know, let's definitely do this again sometime. Thank you for having me. Just like last time, a lot of fun. Dave, send us home. Bye, everyone. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Boy, we're prohibited in some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.